0: Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. The Barbecue Central Show is supported in part by these great sponsors. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and barbecue pits. Their website is thebbqguru.com. Also, Butcher Barbecue, maker of injections, rubs, and sauces. Their website is butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for anything in the barbecue and grilling industry. To include World Championship winning rubs, their website, BigPapaSmokers.com. And by CookShack, maker of pellet and electric cookers. You can visit them at CookShack.com. Also, Chops Power Injector System. Three different size injectors to choose from. Find out more at BarbecueKansasCity.com. And that's Barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and versatile cookers out there on the market. Visit them at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Smithfield, the biggest name in pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get Smokin' with Smithfield and their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more at smokinwithsmithfield.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the finest pellet cookers on the market. Their website, greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookin' Pellets, manufacturer of wood pellets to fire wood pellet cookers. Their website is cookinpellets.com. You can also purchase on Amazon.com as well. Give
1: me a Hello, everybody. This is Gary Chuck, host of Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV, the number one wine show on the Internet. And this
2: is BBQ Central. We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll can. write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood.
3: Are you sure it's safe? Whatever.
2: We put the lighter fluid on,
3: strike the match, and... Oh.
2: Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea.
0: Good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Some refer to it as the Barbecue Capital of the North Coast. Well, at least that's how I refer to it as. I'm your program host, Greg Rempi. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. And should you see fit to join in at any point over the next 120 minutes or so, I am happy to take your email at greg at com. And here's what's happening, in case you didn't get the newsletter. By the way, as I had mentioned last week, something new that you might have been noticing is that the newsletter is now coming out just before lunchtime, trying to maximize eyeballs and all that good stuff. So, hopefully you got it. Let me look at what this is trying. Do you want to allow this app to make changes to your device? Sure. Why not? I don't know if it's trying to go through an update or not. If you're trying to get the video, that's not working too well for you at the moment because the program doesn't seem to want to load or we had it and then it just went away or whatever. Let's load a current presentation. All right. Let's see if that loads. Who knows? We'll see. Doesn't matter. You can get it on podcast later in the evening if you would like or all day tomorrow and well into the future from there. So you might be experiencing the original Barbecue Central show (laughs) the way that it was meant to be. Low these many years. Yeah, that's not launching. So we're going to have to take that out. And I'm not going to reboot. I wonder if that's what hack a tool means. I get infected with a virus? That would be the worst. Oh, well. The downside, of course, is that uh, Facebook is going to be super pissed because they're not getting the show either, and I have no way to put this video to Facebook other than by launching XSplit, and that doesn't seem to be launching. What if I say no? Will it not? Will it not launch? If I say no, I don't want it to take hold. I don't know. Let's have it. Let's see. You can always come. Well, that's right. You can't even hear me say come over to my website otherwise and get the audio stream because that's the only way you're going to be hearing it right now. Anyway, here's what's happening. Let's load a uh, previous backed up presentation. All right, let's do that. See if that works. Checking outputs. Here we go. We got something coming. Maybe. In about 10 minutes from now, we will be joined by the Keeper of the Flame over at AmazingRibs.com. We are obviously well into the holiday season. And you'll want to know from a consumer's standpoint and just from a general buyer's standpoint, that if you are in the market for a new grill or a new cooker or a new... Portable grill or cooker, what you should be at least considering giving your money to, and that's the guy that you want to talk to when it comes to these kind of matters. Max Good from AmazingRibs. Okay, Max Good from AmazingRibs.com will be joining. Very good. At 9.35, we've actually bumped him up an hour. His segments have become so popular over the last three, four months. Uh, uh, Has it been three, four? Yeah, three, four months. He has been dubbed the official beer expert of the Barbecue Central show, and he will join us for the traditional beer segment. But at 9.35 this evening, that's Matt Boer. We love talking beer with him. And that's what we're going to do. Also, we will move to the second hour. And, of course, the fourth Tuesday of the month is going to allow no less than three experts in their own right in the barbecue industry to come to this show and air it all out. We affectionately refer to it as the Embedded Correspondence Segment, Representatives of Texas, Oklahoma. And Tennessee will be joining us. Doug Shiding, Steve Ray, and David Huff. The embedded correspondence segment will be re-emerging at 10-14. And as I had quickly learned as I had put this segment together, of course, remember, it started out with a whole bunch more, well, at least potentially a whole bunch more people, but quickly realized that any more than three, you're definitely going to overshoot a 20-minute segment, 25-minute segment. And if you get into the five range, you might as well kiss a whole hour goodbye because once you get that original hot take out, well, then we go through the panel to get reaction and their own points of view and so forth, feedback. Yeah, that whole hour's gone, so I wanted to rein it back a little bit. Uh, These three have the microphones, have the technology. Everybody should be sounding very good uh, this time around. Not that everybody didn't sound that good all the way through the last number of attempts at this segment. But we're as professional as we have ever sounded this month, assuming everybody's able to connect and get on board. Some people have had connection issues out there. I have not. I just have trouble with my XSplit launching, and I'm not going to continue to mess with it. So you can go to uh, www.thebbqcentralshow.com, And get the audio stream if you want. That's the live version. Or you're just going to have to wait and get it via podcast a little bit later on this evening. Either way, it's going to be a great show, however you consume it. I would tell you normally this is where you tell everybody to go get the show live, but that's not going to happen. I will upload... As a matter of fact, I will not upload. No, sir. I will not upload. But we'll figure out a way to. Well, I mean, we're not. We're not going to figure out a way to get video up here, but I will take the audio. Maybe I'll make it into a movie that everybody can watch after the fact. That sounds like a great idea. The show from last week, by the way, because I got a number of emails later in the week what ended up being later in the week, saying, hey, did you do a show this past Tuesday? And I'm like, yeah, of course. I don't just not show up and not do a show without any type of warning. Even if it's last minute, I try and get out, hey, something's gone awry. We're not going to be able to do it, what have you. But I released the newsletter. I made a Facebook post that we were going to be doing a show, all the normal stuff. But a lot of folks, as I've said time and time again, get the show via podcast. They don't tune in live every Tuesday from 9 to 11, which I understand. They consume it at their convenience, which I appreciate and I am thankful for. But it didn't show up in the podcast feed. So Thursday rolls around and I get a email. But here's the thing. If you don't title Whatever your podcast is going to be within PowerPress or WordPress or whatever the hell, it just lingers in the hinterlands of the internet. And as I just said, I got an email from a couple different people on Thursday this past asking me, by the way, Thanksgiving, did you do a show? I went in, and tried to get it, and couldn't find it, and all this other stuff. And oh, geez. How bad, how terrible, uh, what am I going to do? So I went back into the podcast post, realized that I didn't title it, stuck a title on it, re-uploaded it or updated it, and then finally it dinged the feed and all is well. So if you are somebody that is manually refreshing once or twice or three times during the week, that's fine. Go ahead and do that. However. If you have it on automatic download, you should be okay regardless. It just would have showed up in your feed a lot later in the week. But man, Stephen Reichlin was a great guest last week. Jim Berg was absolutely fabulous talking about his most recent grand champion battling all the way back from those health issues he's been dealing with for well over a year now. Sam the Cooking Guy was on in the second hour. I mean, what needs... To be said, uh, more on that. Nothing. Sam the Cooking Guy, 13-time, 14-time maybe, uh, Emmy Award winner regional in Southern California. So go back and get that show if you missed it. All right, Max Good, coming up onto the break, are you looking to turn the heat up on your barbecue skills this summer? If so, you're going to need to get your hands on the most advanced ceramic cooker and high-tech barbecue accessory to hit the market this year I am talking about the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition and the CyberQ Cloud Controller, just launched by Barbecue Guru. The world's first temperature controlled ceramic smoker and grill with a built in power draft fan. It's going to give you the easiest and most successful barbecue experience that you can possibly have. These must have new products will make barbecuing easier than ever before. And they'll be your new secret weapon for cooking delicious food each and every time. It literally gives you the keys of consistency, like a Ferrari. Very easy. And if you have already a barbecue guru, controller of some type, an old NanoQ, a DigiQ DX2, a pit minder, all those. The fan is built into this, as I just said. So you just need to take the controller that you have... Hook it up to the fan, and you are off and running. It doesn't get any easier than that. Are you ready to buy? Of course. Head on over to BBQGuru.com and grab them up while they last. If you have any questions about what to order, please call them and ask those important questions. 800-288-GURU gets you to an expert very quickly. Also... If you know what you need, you just want to go to the website, bbqguru.com. Simple. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology, and I'm very much looking forward to starting another year of partnership with Bob Trudnak and the great folks over at the Barbecue Guru. Once again, the video is down for some reason. I'm going to go ahead and get over to my website and get the link for the audio stream, put it in the chat room for those people that are listening and uh, you're all set. So, stick around. Oh, oh, oh. Stick around. We'll be right back. Alright folks, welcome back. The 2018 grant program from Smithfield is now under the eyes of who's gonna get what. More information on that as it becomes available. The committed cooks program also being ready to jump off here in the next couple weeks. Here's what you do in the meantime. Hit Smoking with Smithfield, S M-O-K-I-N, Smoking with to get all the information as it becomes available. Of course, as it is made available to me from Smithfield, I will dole it out here on this show or via the social media platforms. But in the meantime, you just head on over to smokingwithsmithfield.com and sign up for that Committed Cooks program, and you can take advantage of all the good stuff. I think this past season, 20 bucks got you over $100 worth of cool swag and shirts and hats and all that other good stuff. So be on the lookout, and we appreciate... Smithfield sponsoring the show here in 2017. Or as I had mentioned in the open, this holiday season is now in full swing. And maybe you're looking to get a new grill or barbecue pit or something live fire for that special someone. Or maybe you are that special someone. (laughs) Of course you are. No matter, Max Good from Amazing Ribs is in this evening With some suggestions. So we will head on over to the hotline and welcome back Max Good. Well, as you probably heard the introduction, I was telling people that if you're looking for something during this holiday season, live firewise, we we had some items to talk about. Not the least of which is this little thing called the Pit Barrel Junior. I know you're kind of in a working review currently, but I had had Noah Glanville on the show. A couple weeks ago, he had kind of given it his unveiling, and of course, it's going to be really hard for him to say anything to the nary, which of course I understand. But as you have gotten your hands on it, I guess your high-level thoughts first. It does look a lot like the traditional flagship pit barrel, but uh, what are your initial thoughts of the junior model?
1: Well, I've actually done a lot of stuff with it, and uh, as Noah said, it's it's pretty much works. It's it's a smaller version of the original pit barrel cooker. Uh, you know, I I uh, I, I a beat it with the original. I did a slab of the exact same baby baby backs on each of them, and they came out pretty much identical. Um, are, can you still hear me? It sounds a little funny here.
0: Yeah, I can still hear you. No problem.
1: Oh, okay, good, good, good. Okay. Uh, um i did do a a very a, like an 18 pound turkey in it and the 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 heat was like failing on me so i brought it in and i didn't know about it and he said oh i've I've done an 18 pounder and it's fine so I went and got another one and um this time it, it cooked right but I must say I think it's it's you're really pushing if you're trying to put in a very large hunk of meat, like a, a large turkey, in there. Uh, it, it, uh, it was sort of wanting to touch the side walls, mm. You know, it's just kind of big. You know, the thing's 14-inch diameter. So I would say don't push it like that. But you can do like six slabs of ribs in it as opposed to eight or more in the original. And you can easily do more like a 12-pound turkey or, you know, some big stuff like that.
0: And it's not like uh, you are saving, uh, you know, half the money by going with the junior model.
1: Yes, this is true. And that's something I think people need to think about. So it's but, – but, you know, on the other hand, uh, some people say, I don't need something with this – the original is too big for me i'm retired or whatever sure. i just uh you know i you know i can tell you this if you want to move it around if you want something portable it's a lot easier on your back using that junior but by a long shot it's that thing's very easy to move whereas It's it's for me at any rate because it's so much wider, it's kind of awkward to lift the the original one, you know. But let's make this point.
0: Let's make this point for sure. Don't buy the junior model and have candy cane dreams of being able to do the same type of capacity. You're not getting over by buying the junior, and you're going to be able to do flagship style capacity. This is not going to happen.
1: Well, I would say that, you know, and I've done two turkeys. I've done a couple flights of ribs. That's all I've done on it. They uh, The first turkey, I had that issue that I talked about. And the second turkey, I had the issue that I think I was in my, not enough, you know, if somebody that owns the thing and really, really wants to make a bigger 18-pound turkey, I imagine they'll figure it out. But for somebody that just wants to do turkeys a few times a year, if you like, a you know, more of a 12 or 14-pounder, I don't think you'll have any problems. If you're going to go big, I think you better stick with the uh, Pit Barrel Cooker original model. I should also point out I measured the depth from the rods to the um, bottom of the charcoal grate, and the junior is about an inch shorter. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so, but, you know, there again, the only time I've ever had a problem with the length or the depth, if you will, is with ribs when you get, and even with the original. Occasionally I had some slabs that were extra long, and you really got to cut that last bone or two off or else sacrifice it to the fire. And uh, It's better to cut it off because you have uh, carryover cooking from that lo- that tip down. But uh, well, it, I think my, my impression right now is that it is just a smaller version of the pit barrel that we know and love. And if you want a little less capacity, and you want something that's lighter and easier to move, I would definitely recommend it.
0: What kind of a price point is it again?
1: Oh, it's like two thirty as opposed to three hundred. You know, so yeah, you're right. It's not half price, but um, you know, you could do a lot with those things. And clever Noah Glanville's coming up with all these really cool uh, accessories for it, as I'm sure you know, like the the different hanging mechanisms. uh, uh, for, for, for corn, co- for
0: corn on the cob and Yeah, corn on the cob, fish, stuff, yeah. walnuts, uh, small you ham, that? young young babies. I mean, he's he's got everything <laughs> hanging in that thing. It's no doubt about it.
1: Oh, I'm telling, he should have brought, been around. Uh, you know, in the 1800s or so, they could they'd have him hanging all the all the folks in prison. I think over there. Yeah, he would and be I bet the they taste really good, Greg. Oh,
0: I bet they would. Succulent meat, uh, no doubt. <laughs> Uh, all right so that's the pit barrel junior look for that at amazingribs.com when the write up actually goes up you can get that free of charge in that review section on smokers and grills uh, some of the other stuff that we wanted to talk about tonight max was you know gift items obviously the pit barrel junior could be a gift item if you want but there's uh, some other things that i said hey you know max if you were going to go out or if somebody was asking you what should i get my husband or my boyfriend or Whatever uh, they're into the live fire cooking things that you would suggest because I'm sure it's something that you're going to get asked quite a bit this holiday season.
1: Well, um, well, you know, I I got my list here that uh, that I that we discussed, and it's it's all like grills and smokers and all that, and they're a little more pricey. And you know, most people, it depends. Many people want to spend a little less money. Um, you know, if if you just want to get uh, uh, you know, a 30 or $40 gift for somebody do go to a and check out our holiday gift guide, uh, because we've come up with some things that are a little lower price, like really cool, uh, grill gloves and, and tongs and, you know, the thermopop for, for any, for any, I, I know, I'll bet most of your listeners have digital thermometers, Greg,
0: probably thermopens. They know how
1: important they are. Yeah, that's right. They know how important they are. But for all their knucklehead friends that are not have not seen the light, they can get a thermal pop, and what of those are only like twenty bucks. And you can read all about them at, the, at amazinggribs.com. dot com. Um, you know, uh, and of course for those that were not that were naughty this year, you know what they get, Greg? A bag of coal.
0: That's right, <laughs> big bag of coal. Of
1: course, you could say for for those who were nice. Maybe they get a bag of charcoal, too. I don't know. I guess it depends on your perspective. Did you want to talk about any of these grills or smokers?
0: Yeah, you know, one of the the ones that came out earlier this year, I had had them on to talk about it because it was like the first edition of the product line that they had had in roughly 648 years was the new PK Grill, which is the PK 360, and that looked like it made it onto your list.
1: Oh, definitely, and that's for somebody who's been very, very nice because it is uh, over eight hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. But um, and some people are going, well, why? You always get this, uh, and I think one of the reasons why when we talk about charcoal grills, Weber makes such a great. Their kettles, you know, for for a couple hundred bucks or even less, are fantastic. Yes. People, why do I need to spend eight hundred bucks or more? And, you know, I, it's hard for me to argue that too much. However, I would say that uh, as great as a Weber kettle is and as affordable as it is and as durable as it is, these things are going to last even longer. And um, for somebody who, you know, it's it's almost that question of, well, why should I buy a uh, uh, Mercedes when I can get around in a, in a little Toyota, you know, Camry or something? Right. Yeah, you can't argue that one, but uh, but if, it, it certainly, not only does it work great, it's striking to to behold on your deck. It's very portable, too, because you can easily pop it apart and throw it in the back of your van. Um, I, I'm talking about it has these big, like, hand knob screws uh, and, that you can just unscrew. There are only a couple of them, and within a matter of minutes... You have that thing in the back of your van, and you're gone, you know, uh, which you cannot do easily with a full-size Weber kettle. Obviously, you can do it with the small, like, Smokey Joes and all that. I'm not advocating it as much as to just say um, for somebody who who really loves, a, you know, cooking on charcoal, this is a beaut. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, it, and it's
4: uh, really it's
0: nice. a, it is a materials thing as well, Max. This is a cast aluminum, not... Whatever the Webers are made out of, the the rolled steel or, oh, yeah. or and, aluminum, whatever and it is. As I
1: said, it, this thing's gonna it, as durable as Weber kettles are. We all know those things will let – You could you cook on those for a long, long time. Yeah, but this is just there's no way around it. This and this is heavier cast aluminum than uh, the classic PK. It's quite a bit heavier. So this thing, unless you run over it with a truck, I, I I'm not this. This could be lasting for generations and generations.
0: Yeah, depending on what kind of truck you hit it with, it might hurt the truck more than it hurts the grill. The other (laughs) item that I wanted to talk to you quickly about uh, getting out of like a gas grill, charcoal grill, is the uh, Blackstone griddle. Uh, Whether you call it a griddle or whether you call it plancha, this really seems to be a way of cooking. Certainly has been around for hundreds, if not thousands of years, depending on what part of the world you're in, but it really seems to be mm-hmm. kind of taking over here in the States all of a sudden.
1: And this one's a little, quite a bit more affordable, <clears throat> and yeah, but you got to remember, it really is a griddle. Now, the nice thing about it is it has, uh, I think God, now I can't remember, and I my, as, the reason we're talking on the cell phone is my internet phone went down, so I can't refer to everything right now. It has three to it has more than one burner. My point being, you could set up different heat zones on the thing Mm. uh and the list price is 300 bucks but i saw it today before i knew we were going to do you know before preparing for our conversation this evening i saw it on sale for 230 bucks at one of the big bucks big box stores wow and the thing about this is it folds up uh it's very portable if you're even like a you know, like going part-time catering or if you have a church group or baseball team or whatever, for 300 bucks or less, you have this 36-inch length griddle uh, that gets plenty powerful. To, you could grill up all kinds of burgers and hot dogs or whatever you want. You could split the surface, have a indirect warmer side and a hot side. So as you're cooking, you're throwing stuff over for the warm side for people that want to eat a little later or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, great for cooking, you know, doing like fajitas or something where you're doing chopped up vegetables. Uh, if you're camping or whatever, you're hunters, you want to get up in the morning, do, you know, your eggs and all that stuff. You know, it's it's pretty, and for the money, geez, you know.
0: Can't hardly beat it. You bet. Um, quickly, Max, uh, you had mentioned the pellet grills are continuing to still rush the market, they're growing in popularity. I mean, when you look at market penetration, still minuscule, so there's a lot of growth potential there still in that niche. There's that Camp Chef woodwind pellet grill that you were going to be talking about as well.
1: Yes, and, and um, you know, 2016, I said that would be the year of the pellet smoker, yeah. and, and it really was, because at that point, of all the people in the United States, and we're talking about the United States, I, you know what can I say, just, it's hard enough to keep uh track of what's going on in our country rather uh, uh, let alone go global but in the united states we had about a two percent of people that had that cooked outdoors had a pellet smoker mm. 2017 it went up to three percent that's a big rise, yeah, and right. i think um you know obviously uh, most people want a gas an inexpensive gas grill after that comes in it, it inexpensive charcoal grills, and then we go from there. So pellet smokers are still not huge. They don't have the penetration of a gas grill, but it is increasing, and I think a lot of it is word of mouth. And Traeger, of course, is as always leading the way sure. uh, because they're they're big and they own the market, and their new team is really pulling out the big guns. But this Camp Chef, I've always liked Camp Chef products, And they came out with uh, the Woodwind, which is really their DLX, which I always liked. uh, They're listed listed about 600, but you could easily find it for quite a bit less. And it's, it's just a nice, solid pellet smoker with some really neat features. One of them that is fantastic that I'm surprised more... Uh, manufacturers don't try to incorporate is it has an uh, easy ash clean-out cup at the bottom because huh. uh, that's a that's a that's well, something about pellet smokers that people have to address. It, it, they don't kick up a lot of ash or they don't produce a lot of ash like a charcoal grill will, but uh, they actually do kick up a lot of ash because they have fans right down there by the fire pot where the wood pellets are burning. Right. But if you let too much ash accumulate in that fire pot, the system will basically shut down, and you'll be dead in the water, and you don't want that to happen, particularly when you're in the middle of doing a brisket or something like that. So uh, they have this neat system where it's there's just a, a cup underneath the fire pot that catches the ash. You slide it out, just like you slide out the Weber one-touch system, mm-hmm. Empty it, slide it back in, and you keep going. Uh, Relatively inexpensive, and the Woodwind, uh, previous to the Woodwind, they had come up with a really neat uh, gas sear station that hooks on the side, and it will hook on the side of the previous version, the DLX, the Pros, all that stuff. But when they came out with the Woodwind, I think they wanted to come out with it as a package deal with the pellet smoker that I just described plus this super-powered LP gas uh, sear station that hooks onto the side. Uh, so the woodwind is listing at around 900. I hadn't seen many deals on it yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see them in 2018. Um, the, they, once again, with pellet smokers, they are smokers. There are a few that have uh, these searing designs that usually involve removing uh, any obstruction between the fire pot and the cooking grate, and then using a, a, a cooking grate like either cast iron or aluminum. Brad with grill grade has been doing really good with all the pellet smokers because uh, once, you, once you remove the drip pan from under the cook surface in a pellet smoker and expose the direct flame from the fire pot, to something that has really high conductive power, like cast iron or aluminum, you actually can do some good searing. Mm-hmm. Take that away, they they don't sear worth squat. None of them do. But if they have a scheme like that, it'll work. But Camp Chef said, what the heck with it? Let's just <laughs> make this high-powered gas burner and hang it on the side, and man, that thing hits 900 degrees with no problem. Wow. So let's say you're doing reverse searing, you. You're smoking your your nice thick one and a half inch ribeye, you know, in the on the smoker, and then when you hit 110 or whatever, I like to go lower. Man, throw it and just sear your brains out on that sear station. You, you, it, it works great, and so especially if you're if you're like, I'm I'm just gonna buy one thing that does it all pretty much you know I guess you got the capacity issue comes into place and then there are some other moving parts there too but it's really really a neat offering and uh, I like it
0: all right that's max good from amazingribs.com all these grills are listed reviewed over there at amazingribs.com so you're going to want to check it out you get Max's input as well which we appreciate Max appreciate you coming on the show this evening uh, barring the technical hiccups we'll get it worked out for next time but always appreciate your time my friend
1: Thanks for your tolerance of my technical problems
0: here and happy holidays to everyone. All right, Max, take care. There he is, Max Good from amazingribs.com. Meanwhile, I have like 17 people texting me, "Where's the video?" "What do you you can I can't hear." Yeah, you know what? I'm in the middle of doing a show. Let me halt everything and start texting everybody back. Is that possible? Don't text me during the show unless it's an emergency. I'm not going to answer you. I'm doing a show. <laughs> huh? All right. We got the beer expert, Matt Boer, coming up out of the break. I'm going to talk to you quickly about Cook Shack. They manufacture smoker ovens, right? Yeah, I got one. Now, maybe you work in a five-star dining facility or you're a backyard cook like me, or you're on the competition circuit. You can be in any number of different scenarios, right? And you're off and running. You can do whatever you want. CookShack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. They have one of those. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast Eddie Morin. How did he do in the race? Anybody know? He was racing in the desert. The uh, FEC 100, PG 1000, always customer favorites. The PG 1000 actually doubles as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cookshack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cookshack. Passion and dedication drives Cookshack's manufacturing with quality always being at the top of the priority list. You can get the best in barbecue since 1962 by calling 800-423-0698. Or you can just visit the website, cookshack.com. Very easy. All right, we're back with Matt Boer. Stick around, I'll be right back.
4: Ready to get on the air. Call 216 220 Now let's get back to the LeBron James and Barbecue talk. Craig.
0: Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market. Today, if you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. If you're looking for something medium size, they got you covered there too. Something to take on tailgates, why not? They can also supply you with pellets to fire those cookers. Check them out online at GreenMountainGrills.com. And don't forget, if you really like pizza, You want to get their pizza insert as well. So check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. If you aren't a beer nerd or you like beer but just haven't dug into the guts yet and it's something you're interested in, let us do the heavy lifting for you during this segment. My next guest, the official Barbecue Central Show beer expert. Let's head to the hotline and welcome back. Matt Boer to the show. You know, let me tell you something, Matt. When you go through the painstaking processes that I go through to make sure that this sound and show goes without fail, and you test almost each and every guest and it works, how's one to know that things are going to go
2: incredibly bad and tank like the Hindenburg? I don't know. Are, are you uh DVRing any sports tonight before I throw out a little spoiler that should make your night seem about equatable to somebody else's? No,
0: I'm not watching any sports. I know the Cavs are playing the Heat, and when I had left somewhere at the end of the first quarter, they were up by plenty, but that's all the sports that I watch, the Cavs.
2: Well, well, something happened in the third quarter for the first time in well over some 1,000 games all right. to uh, one of your favorite players there. Go ahead. LeBron James was ejected. What? I got Sports Center on the side of my uh, peripheral here so I can keep up on the playoff standings for the college football for a double technical for arguing with the ref.
0: Oh, dear. Well, that must mean that they're losing then, too. Why would he be arguing with the ref otherwise? Wow. All right, Matt, look, uh, we are incredibly uh, out of time, of course, because your segment gets jammed up because I have technical issues. So let's do this. Let me uh, catch up a little bit. We'll go into the second hour, and then instead of doing my normal stuff that I do second hour, we'll do some beer stuff, and then we'll kind of recapture the show after that. Is that all right with you? Is that amenable? That sounds fine. All right. All right. Stand by, Matt. Appreciate you hanging out. This is Matt Boer. Well, we were just talking about it a couple seconds ago with... Max Good, the uh, Pit Barrel. We were talking about the Pit Barrel Jr., of course. But the Pit Barrel is also available for sale this year. It is something that makes cooking simple and fun. It might be the most unique, versatile, and easy-to-use cooker on the market today. Imagine a single cooker that will turn out great traditional barbecue meats like brisket, pork shoulder. Also, they ramp up in temperature to do hot dogs and chicken pieces and so forth. Versatility all thanks to the revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection. Their hook and hang method places the food right in the center of the heat so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie. Great results each and every time. Not only is the pit barrel a fabulous cooking vessel, it's aesthetically sexy as well and it's built to withstand the heat. Thanks to its porcelain enamel finish the pit barrel is able to withstand any type of weather. Extremely portable, it fits in the back of most trucks, vans and SUVs. It's ready to go wherever you are. Of course, as Max said, we all love the accessories, and the Pit Barrel doesn't disappoint here either. Now there's actually too many for me to just throw out here during this read, so go to the website and check them all out. And for the best and most attractive part of this, $299. Fully assembled, ready to cook on, ships to your door for free. Everything they sell ships free to the lower 48, by the way. Head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com, see what everybody's talking about, and check out their full line of short how-to videos. Call 502-228-1222. That's 502-228-1222 if you have any questions. Yes, they will actually talk to you, and there's a very good chance that it's going to be Noah Glanville on the other end, by the way. All right, uh, we will reload here. Get a little, very little talk with Matt, and then we'll carry him over to the top of the second hour as we are figuring out what in the hay just went on. Well, we'll figure it out together. It's me and you. Here on the Barbecue Central Show. Stick around, we'll be right back.
4: Ready to get on the air. Call 216 220 Now let's get back to the LeBron James and barbecue talk. Craig Ray. According
0: to Matt, LeBron James is getting tossed out of the game here. Maybe he had, maybe he knew something was awry. He was pissed that I was going to have technical issues. He took it out on the ref. It's
2: a likely story, by the way. What is ice beer? Um, ice beer is, as defined on the internet, when I had to go up and look and see what they specifically said, it, it's a uh, pale lager, uh, which is a cold-brewed beer. And what they're doing is, if you've ever taken a crappy American beer and throw it into the freezer to get it really cold, and then when you, poured it, when you poured it out, there was ice on the top. Right. So that's exactly what they're doing, is they're freezing the beer, and then they're scraping some of the ice off. So to increase the alcohol content without adding ingredients, which is the normal way to do it, would be to increase the sugar available for the yeast, mm-hmm. to increase the alcohol. They're basically just taking a... a American style beer and partially freezing it and scraping that ice off which leaves behind a higher alcohol content beer. And then putting it in a can and it melts
0: and you have the higher alcohol content beer.
2: Yep, they they really? scrape off I, you know f- yeah, they scrape off a portion of the ice and you're left behind with a higher alcohol well, temp, uh, content beer.
0: Must be like a pool of beer to do that to make sense. It's got to be huge.
2: Yeah, well, they could do it in their cold fermenters because when they cold ferment, they could actually freeze it down to the point where you start getting ice, and then just go in there with a shovel. I mean, I'm sure they have a scientific way to do it. Yeah, but it would just—you could replicate the same thing: put a beer in your freezer, let it get ice cold, dump it in a glass, and scrape off some of that ice on the top because the ice on the top is not going to have any alcohol in it.
0: Wow, that's that's weird. All right, so uh, when we come back, I'm actually going to ask you a follow-up question to ice beer, but. Let's uh, play nice with the clock here so I don't screw myself. Uh, Thank you for that explanation, by the way, Matt. That was uh, (laughs) scraping ice off beer to have higher alcohol content. beer. You know, everybody that listens to the show is going to start freezing all of their beer in hopes that they get more alcohol. That's not going to happen, though, right? I'm not responsible for any side effects of that process. All right. That's fine. Uh, Matt Boer joining me, the Barbecue Central Show beer expert. And now we are wrapping up the first hour. I had to reboot everything. I have Matt on sound. His picture is up. We do have video. We are back to the Facebooks. Still streaming live to the other situation. Tune in. I know Simple Radio, the John Dawson from the Hinterlands uses. So... We're back better than ever. So, stick around for the second hour and we'll be right back.
1: Hello everybody. This is Gary Bay, chuck, host of Wine Library TV, aka WLTV, and this is BBQ Central.
0: Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show.
5: Boing, we cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me.
4: Fine, how (laughs) long?
1: We have a great show of a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead,
4: and he's in the in the crackle.
1: Charbono, it's all about the charbono, dude. Succulent fish, what?
3: We ate cookies before we knew.
1: Oh, listen, LaBernia's chickpeas.
3: I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we
1: have top men working on it right now.
3: Mm-hmm. Top
0: men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. You have found the Barbecue Central Show, however tiring it might have been for you. I understand. But we've all made it back here for the second hour, so hey, hey, hey. Matt Boer is joining me here for the second hour. What up, Matt? How you doing? Great. We discussed ice beer quickly, I might add. I hate to ask you an unsolicited question here, but when you talk about ice beer, that also brings to mind or a recollection
2: of mine back in college bud dry what the hell was that bud dry believe it or not was one of my favorite beers Agreed. that has it, it disappeared off the market and i have flown the questionnaire in the southeast as far as the bud anheuser busch regional distribution center hmm. to to find it and it's still made in the united states in some very very small regions
0: any reason why they and for your speculation only any reason why
2: they're very guarded like that in the regions uh, it's the only places that it actually sells the market share <laughs> to what they need to do to produce it aha uh-huh. so you gotta buy it in order to make it makes sense to me i guess Yep, absolutely.
0: Why ask why? Drink Bud Dry. (laughs) Yeah, I know, and I agree. It was like my favorite beer in college, but nevertheless. Um, One of the things that I wanted to talk about, and I'm debating, but we have two things, but I had talked with Sam the Cooking Guy last week, and we were talking a little bit about beers, and he was talking about Bloody Marys. I have a well-documented disdain for Bloody Marys because of all the crap that goes around them. Not necessarily for the Bloody Mary itself if it's the drink, although I still don't like it, but then you get to throwing all the other stuff in and it makes it very weird for me. The other thing that I've been seeing, it's not a Bloody Mary, but it's called a I believe Michelada, and I know you're kind of an expert on these as well so what can you tell me about these how you do them, what's the right way to do them, the beers you need to have with them, all that stuff.
2: Um, a, as far as I was told, it was Michelada. Mich- um, michelada. But, okay. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to try to get into that. That uh, I'll I'll catch all kinds of crap from all my Latin friends down here if I start trying to speak any sort of resemblance to Spanish. Um, what it what it basically is, like you said, like a Bloody Mary but with beer. And no, it's not a clamato. It's got no tomato juice or anything in it. It's from uh, South uh, Latin South America, and it's typically made with a Corona-style light lager beer, and then the top of the glass is rimmed like you would rim a margarita, and I wanted to see what the thrill was with this, so I reached yeah. out, and I thought it was a great marriage between some of our barbecue brothers and the different kinds of beers, and Red Cypress Craft Brewery actually currently has a margarita-style salted lime wheat ale wow. that I was able to go over there with, uh, butchers Barbecue smoked uh smoked chipotle seasoning, yep. and what we did was um, I sent you the pictures where I crushed limes and mixed them with some uh, sh- uh, simple organic sugar, rimmed the glasses, and then rolled the glass lids into the uh, barbecue rub. And that gives you, just like a margarita or Bloody Marys that you're doing that way, that gives you a top crust that as you're drinking it, you're getting that flavor profile and the smoked Chipotle with the salt really cut through the wheat ale and the salted lime, which basically was a margarita-inspired beer. Yeah. And it, it took a beer that I really wasn't the Giants fan of and made it a very enjoyable drink. Really refreshing, really light, and and actually made it great. We also did another one with their wild cherry seasoning from Butcher's Barbecue with a Pilsner. That one kind of overpowered the beer. Uh, so I think if you're going to try this, you've got to be careful with your pairings. If you do a light beer, don't go over top on the seasonings. Just keep it basic. But if you're going to do something that's a heavier style, you can absolutely do it. Uh, if you've got a stout like a Guinness, I could definitely see the glass with a little bit of salted caramel or a salted chocolate and give yourself a nice holiday drink there. And just you could step up your game when you have a party and, and not just serve beer out of a cooler. You can actually get some glasses out there and give your guests a chance to, to expand their horizons a little bit. A little bit of a specialty
0: beer. I mean, we're very much entrenched into the, it seems, uh, old world or standard style cocktails. A lot of the smoked old fashions. The uh, What's the other one I'm thinking of that uses... Uh, so, oh, the Manhattans, of course. It seems like a lot of the old standards have come back around full circle now. So, Why not expand a little bit on the beer, right?
2: I see. And actually, I could even see using this with, I hate to even bring up this horrible train wreck of a beer, but Bud Light (laughs) Lime would would probably probably make a good Michelada if you did some sort of salted barbecue rub with a good spice to it. Um, I really heavy coated the rims of the glasses just because, you know, if I'm going to test it, I, I want it. Going forward, I'd only do half the glass rim with it because it, it kind of, the spice does build up on you and it does kind of overpower at a certain point. But it, it was very enjoyable. Everybody that had one, uh, we did a little tasting there at Red Cypress, which is great. Anybody who doesn't have a local brewery, you need to find your local brewery and go to it, and, and they'll be able to help you expand your beer culture. If you want
0: a city with a local brewery and you don't have one, you need to move to Cleveland because there's at least three opening every week. It is absolutely insane out here, the micro-brew scene. So the other item, Matt and we have about uh, three and a half minutes, is this Pico homebrew machine. Is it unfair for me to label it a Keurig of beer?
2: Uh, that is exactly how I would label it. Really? It It is a...
0: But can it be it's, that easy? The long... Like the Keurig is you put water in it, you put in a cup... And then two minutes later, you have a cup of coffee.
2: Uh, okay, so you put water in, you put in a tray, and two hours of brewing later, you have a transferred, fermented. I mean, ready for fermentation, which takes seven to ten days to ferment. Yeah, and then you could either transfer it to one of their mini kegs, or transfer it to a mini keg and bottle it. But within seven to ten days, you have a ready recipe beer that comes from one of the many craft breweries around the country or comes out of their test kitchen, just like Keurig, went to McDonald's and got a McDonald's dark coffee recipe, and they they did the same with some breweries, but Keurig also has their own line of coffees, which which um, Pico also sells their own brews. Do you have an idea but on cost for these? I, I do, and I ran some numbers for you. Um, the Pico C, which is their newest line, which yep. is um, their their smaller one, Brews five liters at a time. It runs you five hundred and fifty dollars to put that device on your counter.
0: Wow, and it probably takes up a decent amount of space, I would imagine.
2: It, it's the size of a large microwave.
0: All right, well, um, was it something that you would put on your your uh, countertop? If I uh, was able to horn swoggle one for you, was that something you would want? Or are you like, you know, I'm pretty sacred with my countertop space, so there has to be a lot of ROI for me to give up that real estate.
2: I have a uh, – my my garage was converted because I was in a smaller house, and there was no way I was putting a car in it anyway. Um, and I do have a large countertop, and they're dedicated to barbecue and, and beer real estate. Yeah, um, I absolutely would find a way to give this that space. But the price point for me with the return on investment, um, just so you know, it's it's $550. You're getting five liters of beer, which it comes out to about six pints for $25 per refill cartridge. Whoa, You're, you're looking at – $4 and something of beer um, It's great talking point. Awesome for parties, you know, Hey, check this out. I just brewed this. There's a new batch in it. But if you are really dedicated to doing home brewing and you just wanted to step up your game and actually do it the normal way, you go to your local home brewing store, which is they're expanding just like the breweries for about $130. You can pick up a whole kit that'll do a five gallon batch of beer, which will give you, you know, 35 beers and The refills on that is $40 per kit. So you're looking at a dollar a beer and Just to <laughs> give you a perfect comparison it if you go to the if you go to ABV uh, ABC or total wine More or yep, yep. any supermarket $10 for a six-pack which is actually four and a half pints you're looking at two something a pint from the grocery store You're looking at four dollars, and you're brewing it yourself is it super cool if you're having a party? Yes. Is it a great gift for the person that loves beer that you have no clue what to buy them and you were looking to drop And you must $600? really
0: like for $600. Agreed.
2: <laughs> so, I mean, if, if it's the perfect gift for somebody like that and they're going to love it, is it the right purchase if you're looking to brew beer at your house in a cost-effective way? Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> yeah, because if you really like it, there's a really good chance... For five, 16 or, 16, or a pint, for five pints, you're going to kill that thing in one day. Or one sitting, Absolutely. for that matter. I mean, you know, one football game, that thing's
2: done. Absolutely. I mean, if you had a party, you could you could give five of your friends and yourself a beer, and that's it. And you're out. Oh, wow. All that, and then seven to ten days to get
0: it there on, in, to boot, which, you know, isn't terrible. But as you said, there's not a
2: lot of, there better be a lot of quality for that quantity, right? Well, they, they do advertise that they got a lot of propriety ban, uh, brews from around the country that I wouldn't be able to get my hands on locally. So that's a big selling point for them. And I, I have reached out to them. You said you're going to reach out to them, too. And, and I, I really want to hear their side of the story on the return on investment here.
0: All right. Uh, Matt Boer can be found here on this show once a month. He is the Barbecue Central Show beer expert. Uh, he got shanghaied by the technicality bird here. I apologize for that. But appreciate you kind of sticking through here as we got through the top of the hour and uh, talked about the pico and, of course, the michelada. Which that is, by the way, uh, incredibly well-executed vernacular on my part. So if anybody gives you crap about that, you send it my way, Matt. Uh, but that is exactly right, how do, you Greg. should say it. I know my uh, I-A-E-O-U in Spanish. So, uh, Matt, I appreciate the time, my friend, and we will talk to you again next month. See you next month, Greg. All right, there is Matt Boer beer expert and a man who obviously has mega patience because wow that was unfortunately kind of crappy of me to do to him but trying to get back on track and all that other stuff that just doesn't work great all the time but we're muddling through uh just like dan ulidol muddled through the original chops power injector system and now ho, 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 he's killing it Hmm. looking here real uh, the NBBQA has offered to give chops power injector the prize for the best barbecue tool now three years in a row the number one seller is the half gallon chops power injector system designed for competition or to pump up the backyard warrior easy to use clean it fill it pump it and away you go if you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do you don't have to fill it all the way up. No, no. Just put in what you need. It uses it all. It comes with a 14-gauge needle, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, a needle protector. It's 100 bucks. You pay shipping on top of that. Then you have the one-gallon Chops power injector system designed for catering and bigger jobs. It holds double the amount of the injection of the half-gallon. Some use it in competitions like Memphis and May or the MBN-style competitions where you're going to do a whole hog. Or maybe you're cooking 10 shoulders to get a perfect one. This one comes with the same stuff as the half-gallon. You pay 120 bucks plus you pay shipping on top of that. Then, of course, the Chopsful Power Injector System. It's electric, and it is the commercial and competition Big Daddy. Not a holding tank this time, but a 3.5-foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container from a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum. It was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City, and he has said time and time again that with the Chopsful Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. This one comes with a whole mess of stuff like the other two as well. It's 325 bucks plus you pay shipping. A number of the top pitmasters in the world use this CPI every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. We live in a foodie world that requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it. And do it fast. It's not just for meat either. Hey alcoholics, how about alcohol infused watermelon? You can do it with the jobs power injector system. Just clean it first. Every injector hand assembled in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. Visit the website, BarbecueKansasCity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, BarbecueKansasCity.com for more information or to pick up yours today. You will wonder how you possibly ever got along with one single injector. I don't know how you did it. All right. Oh, by the way, Cleveland Cavaliers won by 11. And LeBron gets kicked out. Suck that. By the way, 10-game win streak, market. Maybe nine. I think it might be 10. The Embedded Show's correspondence segment coming up. Steve Ray, Doug Scheiding, David Huff. Stick around. We'll be right back.
4: only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue a man actually named meathead the author of a barbecue bible bloggers reviewers competitors and manufacturers by the dozens it's the barbecue central show once again here's your host greg Rempy.
0: All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all of your pellet-driven cookers, visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. I think Doug's using the wrong login. That's all right. He'll be there in a second. Everybody else can just hang out for a hot minute. Everybody left. What the hell? Steve was there. Dave's there. Okay. There we go. Uh, One of the more popular segments of all time recently has been this thing called the Embedded Correspondence Segment. And joining me right now is David Huff and Steve Ray. Soon to be in, uh, Doug Shining here in just a matter of seconds. Uh, Gentlemen, appreciate you joining me here. I believe we have Doug as well. So here's a segment that I masterminded all by myself. And I said, let's get some dudes that think they know about talking about barbecue. And then mix them in with a guy who fancies himself to be a high-level moderator, such as myself. And we've made whatever we've made out of it. And uh, luckily, it's been a success. We give our hot takes, and then we all react to them. And I'm going to start with the gentleman from Uldwa, Tennessee, Steve Ray, the pitmaster of Owls Nest Barbecue. Talk to me about the hot take of the month, Steve. Where are you at?
5: Good, good evening, gentlemen. It will to be one of the most interesting hours of uh, radio I've ever I heard. I don't Greg. know if you would call it interesting, <laughs> but it
0: was certainly terrible. Yes, I agree.
5: Hey, you know, back at the world food championships i was lucky enough to land on the um, table of death wow table congratulations Numbers, table it was <laughs> it was fantastic table number 724 now here here is here is the for those listening and who may not have competed a lot and those who have competed a lot here here is how you d- establish the table of death the table of death When the person, like in chicken, we will pretend like it's chicken, my chicken landed on the table of death. The number one chicken at our table, ranked number one, was overall, came in 46th place. The number one ranked chicken. The number two ranked chicken at our table came in 60th place and the number three ranked chicken (laughs) came in 75th place Wow! now do you know who belonged to the number three ranked chicken on that table
0: do we have breaking news
5: a little a little team called getting basted oh now what what is so ironic about that getting basted won the contest Mm -hmm. two one one number one and two second places in the other three proteins. But for some reason, table 724 said that their chicken was only worth place number 75. Now, fellows, I ask you, what is the chances of the team that wins the contest having two second places and a first place to win has 75th place chicken according to six people Doug? how in the wor- how in the world after 48 years after sending man to the moon and returning him back safely <laughs> can we have a still have a table of death i i put that to this distinguished panel
0: doug i'm interested to hear your take on this because i know you do cook a little kcbs style but you are also a uh, a wide sweeping member of the texas sanctioning bodies a lot of ibc obviously uh, i'm not sure exactly what other sanctioning bodies are out there but IBCA known for the man on the street judging, so I'm interested to get your take here.
3: Yeah, it's uh, that is pretty remarkable in terms of getting uh, 75th in in chicken. So uh, yeah, we don't have the tables of death, uh, you know, to that extreme from the standpoint since it's all survivor and in IBCA. So yeah, that's that's pretty unbelievable. Is
0: that something that? Hearing that story, does that then discourage you from getting to a KCBS contest, or is that just part and parcel? You know about it. You've heard about it from a lot of these other people. And do you think at any point that the table of death, although firsthand account from Steve, so we're not discounting that, is... A lot of grandiose, or if it happens to you, those are the you hear a lot more about that than if uh, Steve would have landed on the angel table and would have gotten all nines and walked away with five hundred fifty-eight million dollars.
3: Well, I think the advantage in KCBS scoring, especially as it concerns uh, IBCA, is the at least you can find out if you were on the table of death. In IBCA, you have no clue because you know. Let's say in in that uh, particular, what there were two rounds, I think in IBCA. I mean, if you have a hundred teams, like I think there was about a hundred teams. How many teams were in in the KCBS, Steve? Uh, ninety three. Ninety
5: three.
3: Okay, wow. so that would have been at least three rounds from an IBCA scoring. If you're not in the top ten, you don't know if you finished eleventh or ninety three. You you wouldn't know. So I would rather know that, okay, you probably cooked some good stuff and it was on the table of death than, okay, I finished, well, I guess they call the final table, so maybe 15 and up, but you know, you don't know if he finished 20th or 93. Uh, that about, is a huge problem. What about you, Dave?
6: Look, you Tennessee guys, first you tried to steal our football coach, and now you're whining about the table of death. Just play better I'm football, a, cook man, better barbecue. Come after me, David. I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a man! You can have the mullet. Nice. You, you know, it, it, the table of death, it is <laughs> it is what it is. You nailed it. It's bad luck. Everybody at the World Series of Poker pays the same $10,000 entry fee, and then if you get sat at a table with you know four former world champions – Your odds of winning go down. Um, It's bad luck. I don't like it. I don't know how you avoid it. I think it's pretty clear when something like that happens. Uh, I mean, your numbers said it all. It'd be interesting to see if the same thing happened with all the other proteins, if that table scored all of the proteins low um,
5: overall. Funny you should ask Uh, that, David. Okay. Funny you should ask that. We We can turn quickly. To pork ribs, where let's see that that team. Let's see, the first person on the on the at that table at 7:24, who was ranked uh, one at the table, was Sweet Smoke Q, who came in a cumulative 28th. So the first person ranked number one was was uh, Jim Elzer, and he started. He came in 28th. So there's your number one ranked team at their table in pork coming in at twenty eighth. Um, it's crazy. There and, and in one in and on in on one instance, Booty Q, one of the one of the, the, the one of the greatest cookers in this country, he he came in behind me in brisket. Now <laughs> fellas, there's no way I beat him in brisket. Why not? I mean there's no there's no way. There's I, no way, Greg. But there there has I mean, to there, be it a just way can't happen.
0: Well yes, no, but you can' no. I don't think you can't just chalk it up to bad scores just because you think he's better than you.
5: Well, he, he's a lot better than us and, and um, it, it's just it, it's just this table is just and, and the reason i bring this up is last year or in the beginning of this year I was at the at the convention and I listened to two hours of a meeting of, of people talking about this. you know uh, that, that there's no there's no set way to train a judge and the the conversation was was in depth and it was and it it got loud at times but it was very informational and it, it seemed like hey we're going to leave here and we're going to get this thing fixed and nothing and nothing gets fixed i mean you know there's there's no there's no baseline or anything let's, for judges and so, and then now you've got a, a situation where it's a, it's it's getting to be bad blood between judges and teams
0: so let's go ahead and uh, as as we do here in the barbecue central show we will give our opinions, uh, perhaps they're to the negative. But instead of just whining and complaining like the interwebs do, we want to offer solutions as well. So, Steve, let's turn it back on your head here. How do you fix it? What is the best way to do it? Do we look at instituting a scoring system that would be like an IBCA type of a thing? Do we need to institute a completely different scoring system, which obviously would never happen? How do you fix it?
5: I personally think you, you put out a an all-points bulletin saying everything, we're all going to judge the same way. Either say this, everything starts at a nine and it works its way down, or everything starts at a six and it works its way up. Everybody do the same thing. You can teach you can teach tenderness, and you can teach appearance. You can't teach taste, and, 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 no, and you'll never be able to do that. But you can teach the other two just like Brett does in the state contest. He gives them a picture this is what it looks like. You can do that. You can find 180 boxes of chicken. You can find 180 box of ribs and say, this is what it looks like on appearance. And you can teach taste. You can teach how it I read the rules. I went back and read all the, the judging rules. They go over that in the rules about the about the ribs, one bite ribs. You know, how chicken doesn't have to have skin. It doesn't have to be bite through. But there's it's like it's like baseball. There's all these unwritten rules that, that, that I think you get judged by. And you shouldn't be judged by it. And, and I think I think some people think that their chicken's better than a cook's chicken, or their brother's chicken's better than a cook's chicken, and, and vice versa. And I think it's just all it's just all over the board. Maybe we need to go to do like IBCA and just pull them off the street and say, Hey, you want to eat? You want to eat and give a score? You know, bring them in.
0: David, you're a younger competition team as far as experience. Do you have a suggestion on how you would like to see the scoring system be enhanced for the better?
6: You know, I've thought about this, and obviously, you know, who wins a football game, who wins a basketball game, that's not subjective. Whoever has the most points at the end wins. But there, you're being judged here on so many things, to Steve's point, it's hard to teach. What's tender to one person or overdone to another. I, I think maybe a way to soften a table of death situation. And I've only had experience with um, you know about three or four KCBS um, contests and, and only judged two. But you stay at the same table the entire time. So what about if you? They figured out a way between proteins for everybody to get up shuffle around and sit at a different table, mix it up. So if you have a table of death where everyone's scoring low, then the next protein, instead of that being the same table of death, everyone moves to a different table and sits back down, and then the tables are all different, and there wouldn't be a death table, if you will.
3: Doug, do you have any suggestions or not? Yeah, uh, let me ask a, a question. I thought that they, let's say, Seated the judges based on is it their experience or based on the their scoring average there's from the new, previous there is a contest? There's a new
5: seating. There's a new seating procedure, but it was not used at the WFC, Doug.
3: Oh, I thought they were going to do you know do it. Um, oh, it was more yeah. of a just potluck kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the, okay. They
5: used the old. I understand they used the old seating procedure. The new one was uh, not used.
3: Oh, okay. Okay. And and don't they average or curve the you know so to try to eliminate this this uh, angel table and table of death so that you know if everyone is you know getting on the average you know sevens or eights at your table and that's the best score don't they curve it up?
5: No, they just drop the low, they drop the uh, lowest score.
3: Oh well, that I mean that I thought that's what KCBS did is you know if someone if a table you know was consistently across all the meets giving lower much lower scores than the re- the rest of the tables that they actually curved or averaged it up. No, why can no, why couldn't they do I don't that? I think so. I don't think Yeah, so. I'm not familiar with that. I know they try to have
6: like a head judge or a more experienced judge at every single table, but they, they don't do anything with the scores. The scores are the scores, to the best of my knowledge.
3: Oh, well, they should average it. They should curve it.
5: I, I don't know. They... They multiply. Each each score has a multiplier. I don't know how you would curve that. though. So. Uh,
0: aren't you then – aren't we starting to get into Pythagorean theorem and calculus? And, I mean, there's got to maintain some type of simplicity in order to, to keep this moving. If you're going to start weighting and averaging and scoring up this and not that, then I think uh, you're going to be running into issues. And you might be delaying awards even more. I mean uh, – I think you guys have seen your share of long awards. You don't want to wait even longer for these guys to do math?
5: No, I, of course I don't want to not. Wait any longer than we have to. Of course not. But <laughs> I just I don't I don't think you have to curve. I don't think you have to curve scores. I think I think we everybody needs to get on the same page because I, I really well, do think that uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of notebooks floating around. We need to uh, put them in the dumpster fire and have one notebook.
3: Well, good good luck getting everybody on the same page. I think That's I think right. You're, you're you're better you're better at curving than you are getting everyone on the same page.
5: All right.
0: So Steve has landed on the table of death, and he is bitter. What did you think about the WFC? Otherwise,
5: I loved it. I'd go back tomorrow.
0: You would go back tomorrow.
5: Yeah. You know, and and hey, I'm not a, I'm not anti KCBS either. I'm going. To, I'm cooking a contest. Of course this not. Week and right. I it too. um, you know, I just was I just was I was just ticked off and um. But um oh I'd I'd go back I'd go back tomorrow. I I thought I thought Mike did a great job. It's uh I was I was incredibly floored. I could not believe what a production it was. What he pulls off. I was I was I was floored. I was absolutely floored.
0: All right, uh David, we go to you, our representative from Oklahoma. What's your hot take?
6: All right, I'm gonna change it up a little bit here from competition barbecue. I mean, I wanna talk about <laughs> prime rib. Um, it is the holiday time, Christmas. It is probably one of my favorite um, holiday meals, more so than turkey at Thanksgiving, etc. But a lot of people Green. do a prime rib at Christmas time. Yep. Um, traditional cooking, high heat, or they'll put it in the oven. And uh, There's a lot of ways to do it, but if you've never tried to reverse sear it and slow smoke it in the smoker, you have to try that. It is absolutely incredible the results um you know real quickly what i do obviously you get the best piece of meat the best quality prime rib you can um whatever your budget will allow if you can do snake river or creek stone great you know i, I get mine at costco i shoot for prime try to get good marbling um bone in versus bone out difference of opinions there you know, the bone-in, some people say it give more flavor. I know Dr. Barbecue disagrees with that. Uh, meathead disagrees.
0: Um, Bar- uh, Dr. Barbecue oh, probably could care
6: less. Okay, gotcha. Meathead, dis- okay. Well, and in my opinion... Uh, You know, If you're going to leave the bone on, cut it off and have it tied back on um, so that way when you go to slice it up at the end after the cooking, it's easier to slice and you're not trying to carve it off the bone then. I like to remove the bone ahead of time because then that's just one more side of the roast that you can get your rub on for more flavor, right? So um, you pull it out about an hour ahead of time, get your smoker going at about 200, 225. Um, Go ahead and put your rub on. I just use salt, black pepper, minced garlic, and then I make a sludge out of olive oil, garlic, and fresh herbs like rosemary, thyme, and oregano, and I just slather it on the meat uh, all over it and let it set for about an hour. Then the rest is pretty easy. Put it in the smoker internal temperature of about 128 to 130 for medium rare how long that takes really depends on how big the roast is going to be but you know about twenty to thirty minutes per pound is probably a pretty good average to get it to that temp then you pull it off. And this is where it's different than where you put it in high heat first. If you cook it this way, everything cooks evenly. So your the temperature of meat you want from the middle all the way to the edge is exactly the same. You don't have that brown edge or overdone edge around the outside of right. it, similar to sous vide, right? You just let it sit there um, lightly tinted and let it rest. It's going to come up another 3 to 5 degrees, which I think is perfect for medium rare, about 132 to 135 Crank up your, you know, whatever. If you have a high heat smoker, like a pellet grill, a Fast Eddie's, or Yoder, or whatever you're using, crank it all the way up to 500, as hot as you can get it. If your smoker won't go hot like that, get your oven going. It's okay, because your flavor's already there. Once you get to 500 degrees, and it's rested for about 20, 30 minutes, you put that in there for 6 to 10 minutes, and just to brown the outside, pull it out. You don't have to let it rest at that point, point. you've already done it. You can slice right into it. You know, horseradish, au jus, whatever you want, but just eat it plain. Use your smoker for your prime rib this Christmas, and you will not be disappointed.
0: And I'm looking at pictures of your finished product here, David, and I have to say, hard to argue with results like this. So it looks very moist, and uh, the slices look really good. And as you said, the, the reason that you're doing this is, as me would say, bumper to bumper, uh, same color from top, middle, all the way to the bottom, and it looks absolutely fantastic.
6: Yeah, and you can also see from that picture, I cut into that immediately after it came out of the browning 500-degree oven, and you can see there's very little juice on the cutting board. It's all stayed in the meat because you rested prior to the browning process. Got
0: it. All right, uh, so we will get Steve and Doug's opinion and perhaps suggestions on prime rib here in a second. I got a make sure that I stay on the clock now at this point, so guys hang with me here through this read and we'll be back with the embedded correspondence segment. Also, uh, don't forget Doug Scheiding has his hot take yet to go. Grilling season continues as the cooler weather builds in. In fact, the weather people said that we're so lucky here in Cleveland we might be able to break out the snowblowers next week.
5: Can't wait for that.
0: Hey, we all know that Butcher's carries a great selection of barbecue products. Matt Boer was using it to rim his micheladas. You have a whole bunch of people using his rubs and sauces, his injections. Steve Ray at Midnight Oil has got a whole part of his retail store where he's retailing Butcher barbecue products, so you know they gotta be good. What I like is these grilling oils, okay? I've talked about them for months now. Here's what's different. You know, a lot of people love using that parquet or the uh, squeeze butter. Well, that's gotta be refrigerated, number one. Uh, Potentially, can go bad if you're not taking care of it properly. Both things, you don't have to worry about when it comes to grilling oil. A, they're not gonna go bad. B, because they're not going to go bad, you don't have to put them in the refrigerator and forget about them. There's nothing worse than that. You've wanted to try a product, you open it up, you see refrigerate after opening, then you put it in the refrigerator, and then it gets knocked back into the refrigerator. Never to be seen again until like a month later when you're cleaning it out, and then you're pissed because you just wasted that money. With the grilling oil, it's not going to go rancid, it's not going to go bad. You can just stick it right out there on the countertop, or you can take it out there to the grill depending on where you live at all year round, and use it, use it, use it. While you're cooking, after cooking, before you're cooking, for a rub adherence, however you want to use it, it's going to turn out great. Then you have the rubs, of course. The sauces, the injections we've always talked about. The newest flavor of rub out there right now is the Grilling Addictions. There's some salt, there's some pepper, a little back-end heat, which I really like as well. ButcherBBQ.com is the place you want to go to get all that stuff. And dealers want it, as I say each and every week, if you currently own a barbecue or grilling supply store or just a supply store and you don't carry the Butcher BBQ lineup, what are you waiting for? Hit up ButcherBBQ.com right now and request information on how to become a dealer for them today. Not only will Dave thank you, but your customers will reap the rewards by getting these fine products in their hands for them to try for themselves. These products extensively tested both in the backyard and on the competition trail so you know they're going to deliver the goods. Head on over to butcherbbq.com right now. That's butcherbbq.com and try out the products. You'll be happy that you did. Butcher barbecue, always trust your butcher. Little prime rib talk up and then Dave's hot or Dave Doug's hot takes. Stick around, I'll be right back.
4: Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
0: I said it before and I will say it again. Be on the lookout by going to smokinwithsmithfield.com and take advantage of that Committed Cooks program when it gets released. Probably in the next week or so, I would say. Earlier this year, if you joined in, you spent 20 bucks. You got over $100 worth of uh, Smithfield stuff and related wear. So if you missed it the first time, you should be able to get in on it this time. I will update you as information is passed to me. Smithfield, all right. Uh, Doug, let's go back to you. You heard David Huff's suggestions on how to do prime rib. Uh, A, do you like prime rib? And B, if you do, what's your favorite way of doing it?
3: It's uh, it's funny that uh, his topic is prime rib. This uh, because I actually did one this weekend. Really, after uh, yeah, I did it on Saturday. Um, Saved it, kind of held it back for the uh, only the people that were still here (laughs) didn't want to waste it on the twenty six people I cooked for for Thanksgiving. Yes, uh, got it. That's a different story. Um, I like to cut it into multiple pieces because as david said i do like to get the s- extra surface area on the ends it's like you know getting that that small piece on the on the brisket with that has all the crust of the bark and and i like to have uh, multiple pieces like that so i took mine and i i cut it up into into three pieces and then i i don't um, uh do the reverse searing, I'm, you know, and I know Steve is going to find this shocking that I don't do the reverse searing or the, you know, the the stripes on the the steak. But um, I just like to take it at 325. I think the reverse searing you lose moisture because as you're tenting and you're waiting for the grill to get up, I think that um, you're losing some of the moisture out of the meat. So, and I think one of the the key things to do is use uh, a rub like uh, a Montreal steak seasoning or something that or you know, Traeger's prime rib that has big salt chunks in it. I think that's perfect for prime rib.
5: Steve, your thoughts? Uh, i tell you, Greg, the last, last one I did was on a, a pit barrel smoke pit barrel cooker rather. And I hung it between the two, um, the two rods and used, of course we used a butcher's barbecue uh, steak and, um, brisket rub. And it, it, it is, it was fantastic. It's it's the best it's the best tasting meat that that there is in my opinion. It's it's uh, great. And Dave, what I did, I took the bones off, and um, I cooked those two beef ribs, and uh, they were a big hit too. Now, there wasn't a whole lot of meat on each one, but um, they were they were a huge hit too. People were scrounging around trying to get those. So. I tell you, if you've got a pit barrel cooker and you can hang that right between the two rods, it does a great job on it.
0: Are you not worried that when you order with the bone that you're paying on weight per pound for stuff you're not going to use?
5: Well, I used it. I cooked it. You cooked the bone? Yeah, for beef ribs. Meat sticks to it. A lot of of meat does.
0: (laughs) Doug, do you go uh, boneless or do you... Do you uh, keep the bone attached in some form or fashion? Boneless, all right. Uh, David, and you—you you, uh, get it. You have them take it off, but then you have them tie it back up.
6: Uh, well, I've been going to the boneless. Um, yeah. As far as the pricing, I, you know, usually if the bones included, they 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 discount that on the pricing from what I've seen. Mm. Um, but to Steve's point, those dinosaur beef ribs—I mean, I. I would rather just have the butcher cut them that way than, I mean, if I'm doing a prime rib, I want as much of that meat off the rib and onto the steak itself and just buy those beef ribs separate. So, but the, the second best thing, if you can't do a prime rib, those big dinosaur or brontosaurus beef ribs are pretty close second place.
0: I think we're going to be potentially doing a show on the 26th of December, would be our next to get together. So we'll miss Christmas. Uh, do you plan on doing a prime rib, David, for Christmas?
6: Uh, absolutely, um, you know it's just it's not only is it a wow factor, you, you got to budget up for it, especially if you have a large family. But uh, I will absolutely do it and probably put it in the in the smoker in the same way I described. It's typically a big hit, and um, you know everyone pretty much in my family likes likes beef, so no problems there.
0: Steve, you gonna do one for Christmas?
5: Yeah, we have a uh, get together every uh, Christmas Eve at the gas station. We call it the He Man. Woman Haters Club, and it's just me and my buddies. We all get together, and I do the uh, I do a prime rib every year. I mean, we'll be doing it again.
0: Doug, you're gonna do another one?
3: No, I'll be uh, at the Outlaws, and so I won't have any of my smokers. So I don't plan on taking those. So.
0: We gonna have a tofu prime rib?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'll, I'll probably braise some brisket and and do that, and uh, uh, do an infrared type turkey.
0: Uh, all right, Doug, uh, your turn for hot takes. I know uh, Steve talked about World Food Championships, and you're probably going to piggyback a little bit, at least on the topic.
3: Well, but I, I think maybe I'm going to go. I'm going to go the opposite way right. from the standpoint of it was a great production. Yeah, um, a lot of marketing, but uh, the, poor on the implementation. Um, I don't plan to go back unless something, you know, markedly changes in. In my opinion, but um, to me, it was kind of a one and done type type thing. So Art, it's a. I'll, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well,
0: you know, dig into the the finer points of what didn't really wet your whistle on. I mean, if you're already saying, "Hey, one and done," or I'm not going. to – usually, if you sure. go to a contest and you really like it, or it really, you know, took your socks off, you can't wait to go back the next year, and you're already like, "Man, did it? I'm out."
3: Yeah, I, I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. And a lot of work, but um, the, the implementation, I mean, I, I cooked in the steak competition on, uh, I think that was on Wednesday, and I read the rules three times, and my wife read the rules three times. And the, the the gentleman that we're cooking with, actually Paul Shoddy of Head Country, yeah. read the rules three four times, and we just didn't have a point of contact to answer questions. And so as we're cooking in Kitchen Stadium and about to turn in the first turn in, we learn of different rule. The rules weren't stated clearly. Um, they were very poorly written, in my opinion, and I think they could you know improve a lot in that in that. Uh, particular way, but we didn't know we had to have separate dishes for each of the samples. It says to put the food on the platter. It doesn't say to put the plated food on the platter, and and so there there were just rules that uh, we did not know, and uh, we actually had to borrow some things from other teams, and um, you know to go and spend like you know, me said he you know on his own nickel for four nights of hotel and flight and everything to do that. And just as a learning experience, I, I can do that a lot closer to home than, than do that. So, um, and, and I think they fumbled the ball on the barbecue thing um, in terms of the IBCA versus the KCBS, the finals wasn't barbecue. It was a, a chef's, you know, open kind of competition, which is to me, not, you know, the main meats of, of, of barbecue, uh, that like, you know, Meathead didn't get the judge. So I, I think they really fumbled the ball on the way barbecue was treated. And, you know, because we're always lasted awards. Um, if they were to call us first, we you know, in the two and a half hour award ceremony, which is every night, <laughs> um, luckily... You know, it's held It's held in a very nice place. Orange Beach is great. The wharf is awesome. And luckily, there's there's outdoor seating at restaurants where you can sit there and drink and have dinner, etc., while you're waiting for two hours before the barbecue awards are, are done. And are you hearing
0: those awards, like are they taking place right in front of you or you just know you have so much time that you can go somewhere and you'll come back and be okay?
3: Yeah, I mean, a couple of the nights we were there where we could hear. Um, one of the nights, the award started at 6, we actually went to dinner at a place we couldn't even see. We watched it live on Facebook because from we were trained from the previous nights that barbecue would be last, yeah. and we had plenty of time to eat. And, you know, so we were there at, you know, 7.30, and we still had plenty of time to, to have a glass of wine or a beer or whatever. So, um, and, and the thing of, you know, not ten thousand dollars in prizes and and even the even the top you know ten um they didn't get the the money prizes that uh you know if it was supposed to be five hundred dollars for the top ten you know minimum and but no it was really mainly prizes that they got so so there there, there was an expectation
0: that there was going to be all cash and it was ten thousand or whatever the amount of cash and prizes
3: Cash, yeah. So it was cash and prizes, and they didn't get their checks. I talked to one person today that was in the top ten in barbecue; they didn't get their check yet. And how 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 much would Facebook be blowing up if at an event that you go to an event and <laughs> you don't get your 150 one hundred fifty two hundred fifty you know five hundred dollar check? Boy, people would be going berserk. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, and, and the people, even if you got called up on stage, I mean, we got called up on stage twice, you get a handshake. I mean, okay. Yeah. Uh, And I'm not even a trophy guy, but that's a big kind of event. And, um, the other person I talked to today, they felt the same way. I mean, you know, they, they got a, you know, a couple of top fives and, and they didn't even get anything. The only trophy that was handed out was the one to, to Fred.
0: Did you hear similar remarks from other categories, not just barbecue, but sandwich people and burger people, that things seem to be a little fast and
3: loose from a rule situation? Um, I didn't speak to a lot of the chefs. I watched one in, like in the dessert category. He had the same issue with the rules that we did. He, luckily, he was early in his turn-in, but he plated his dessert went and turned it in and was turned back because he didn't have separate plates for each of his desserts. So then he starts going to the crowd as we're, you know, out there and he's like, Hey, can somebody help me? Can somebody help me? (laughs) And so my wife actually ran back to Steve's place and got some plates, which he used in the second turn in and someone else had some plastic plates that he used in the, in the first turn in. But, um, uh, yeah, it's the rules just weren't, it was run in my opinion, is more of a first or second year event and not a sixth or seventh year event it is a big production there's a lot of people and it has a lot of notoriety gets the you know sponsors etc but um, uh, just needed a a, some fine tuning i'd say
0: steve uh, you've heard what doug has to say where do you agree and where do you disagree
5: Uh, I don't know anything about the the prize money not being delivered or being delivered or or how it was dished out. I guess Uh, You know award award ceremonies always long when you don't get called. So um, I'm used to that. That's no problem Um, You know Doug Doug didn't know the rules. I I knew the rules. I knew I knew the rules going in we had to turn in our Smithfield uh, our ancillary contest on um, on uh, plates and uh, I mean they I mean it was written in our, our packet and I took plates with me. Um, everybody I saw in the uh, tent, in the uh, kitchen, in the uh, other other contest, they all had plates, except I <laughs> except the dessert guy and Doug. I guess I don't know. Everybody everybody knew everybody knew what to do I, that I could see. So I, I don't know, you know. I don't. I didn't. I didn't have to read that many rules. I, I just watched on Facebook. I just did a lot of research on Facebook and uh, watched last year's contest to see how they did it. I even took, um, I even had uh, extra plates in case we did make finals. In the barbecue, we took them down. We even took down a, another protein, to a quick cook protein, because I knew there was only going to be an hour and a half to uh, cook. So, you know, I knew the rules going in. Uh, you know, I did the research, and uh, I was all, I was pumped up. I was, I, you know, I went down with all um, expectations of making that final table. Uh, I would like to see barbecue introduced at the final table for barbecue. I don't. I don't see why you can't start everybody seven hours before the turn-in. You know what's. You know what's the difference if they start at uh, six in the morning instead of just an hour and a half. I don't. I don't understand that, and I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be addressed. I, if I was. Uh, if I was Mike McLeod, I would probably next year for barbecue. Uh, there was a. There was a little consternation at one of the meetings, and uh, huh. rightfully so. I think, and um, if I, I would abandon, if it was me, I, if it was, if it was Steve Ray's World Food Championships, I would abandon all Kansas City and IBCA judging. I'd just have my eat guys judge the barbecues and figure out some way to do it. And I think and make it all one category. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know the fascination of having uh, us against them because it wasn't us against them. It was it was a combined effort. It was just like everybody just pitched in and cooked. Um, I don't know why you have to do that. Just have one big barbecue contest and and have the, the people who are, who are judging the other time use the eat method instead of the uh, KCBS method and, and judge the barbecue.
0: David, have you been to World Food Championships?
6: David. Hello? No, David. Sorry, I had it on mute. Yeah. My apologies. There you go. Um, it I have not unfortunately... <laughs> I have not, unfortunately. However, if you're going to call yourself the World Food Championships, uh, you need to have your crap together. And, uh, you know, Doug now sounds like it wasn't his favorite event. I believe Greg, one of your guests last week, wasn't necessarily impressed or thrilled about it. Um, I've seen some stuff on the internet. I, I, you know, it just doesn't seem like it was very well organized and you know, six years in, is that still in, in in its youth? I mean, is it still growing and working out some growing pains? Or at the six-year mark, did you have your stuff together more than, than this? I don't know.
0: All right, uh, parting shots, gents. Uh, whatever you want to plug, uh, where you're going to be at, all this other stuff. By the way, uh, Diane, me in the instant chat room says barbecues always get screwed at the World Food Championships, so that does seem to be kind of a... Uh, continuing thought here as we uh, talk. Doug, anything to promote on the way out?
3: Uh, cooking this weekend at a contest cooking for kids and uh, the, only 15 minutes away at Green, Texas. Green? Green, G-R-U-E-N-E. Oh, okay. It's uh, just outside of New <laughs> Braunfels. Steve, what what are you up to? Uh,
5: this weekend, Calhoun, Georgia, the... Uh Smoking up the campground at the AOK campground there in Calhoun. I want to say that uh, it was great, Doug, meeting you and your wife at the uh, World Food Championships. And Doug and I spent a lot of time together at the uh, Jack Daniels, too. So it was kind of neat Uh, making new friends and meeting new friends from across the country. That's always a big time. And, uh, David, I'm, I'm glad you got to keep your coach. You can have him. We've got a, we've got a bigger thing left to we've got a, we've got bigger things to pull out of our bag here in Tennessee. You just wait.
3: Are you talking about Shiano? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
5: You know, oh, you're on the third one. Oh, you're on
3: the third or fourth choice. I got it. You just wait. A there's a there's
5: a there's a small directional there's a small directional college here in Tennessee that we're going to we're going to raid.
0: Uh, David, anything on
5: the way out?
6: No, I would love to be using the smoker more and going to more competitions, but don't have an 8-year-old that plays soccer if that's what you want to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I kind of know all about that. Uh, all right, uh, we have uh, Mr. Oklahoma David Huff, Mr. Tennessee Steve Ray, and Mr. Texas Doug Shiding. This is the Embedded correspondence segment. That everybody loves so much. Guys, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing it. Thank, Thank you. Back, there. there they are. Doug, Dave, and Steve. As I get rid of all of them, there we go. Boom. Easy enough. Hey, let's do this for the uh, second time this season. All guests <laughs> on the
4: Barbecue Central Show will appear by when, the you know, Smithfield no Hotline. Yeah, man.
0: Well, we're uh, slowly but surely making our way to the bitter end. Here we go. Um, where did it? What did I do that for? Uh, folks, if you are looking for a place to go where all of the online barbecue stuff lives, head on over to BigPapaSmokers.com. Known for their championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod. <laughs> Man, it's like my first time I ever did the show. Uh, cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition scene and in the backyard. Big Papa offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary Looking to improve your flavor of your competition barbecue recipes, Big Papa Smokers has combined forces with fellow rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Over the past few years, West Coast Offense has dominated the market on competitive barbecue and redefined the flavor profiles that cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa is also the proud owner of award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone? Granny's traditional yet powerful flavors remind us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Find Granny's Barbecue Sauce and other top-rated barbecue sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. Hey, are you looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use? Check out the MAC 2 Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive MAC dealer, and even offers special packages. They were having them all through Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday and Happy Friday and all that good stuff. Not a fan of pellet cookers? All right. Try the old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition barbecue trailer. If you're a backyard guy or gal and you're looking for a durable and versatile grill that lasts forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. Not sure what grill you need? You really can't go wrong with any of the grills featured on BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard cook. Check out their website today to shop their full selection. Here's the bottom line. It's clear. BigPapaSmokers.com, the place to go for all things barbecue. Every product featured on their website has been hand-selected to help you barbecue better. Boost your barbecue skills with the help of Big Papa Smokers, the number one online barbecue store. You can call them at 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. Almost. Almost. Oh, I missed it. The host of the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Just hold on. Anyway, bigpapasmokers.com. That's bigpapasmokers.com. We are back to wrap the show right after this hangout.
4: Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today. Craig Rempe. All right, welcome back.
0: Thanks again to Steve, David, and Doug for joining me last segment and the segment before that doing the embedded Texas or the the embedded correspondence segment all the way back in the first hour. We kind of had Max good via the phone, literally. You can see it. I had the cell phone up to the microphone. That's why he sounded like that. And we got through some beer talk with Matt Boer and then, uh, as I just said, the embedded correspondence segment. If you missed the show, you can go ahead and subscribe on iTunes, Google Music, Google Play Music, or whatever they call it. Any podcast directory will have the show, so subscribe and always get it. Replay will be up in about 55 minutes from now, and then you can enjoy it all the way through the week and months to come. Big show planned for next week, of course. September eleventh, two 2001. I will never forget. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.